Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of Central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Liberty Church Sermon B-Side podcast. My name is Matt Luloyan and serve as one of the pastors here at Liberty Church. And alongside me today, Bobby Bada Bing Carvella. Shock drop. Bob Carvella. Shock drop. (laughs) Welcome back, Bob. Oh, it's good to be back. Good. I always enjoy these opportunities to shock the world with my crazy takes and insights. That's yeah, right. So. The first shock is always that you don't hear Steve King's voice first on the podcast. You well, heard mine today. That's it. So we, we're filling in for Steve, you and I today. Uh, Steve and his family are enjoying some much-deserved time away and for some sure. vacation time this week. And uh, so it's left to you and me. Yeah. And yesterday you wrapped up our series on the goodness of God. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, I think it was a really good series. I, we got some good feedback from people, and 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 re, and doing that series in conjunction with reading through Gentle and Lowly, I think yeah. that that was a good pair uh, yeah. to to have going at the same time. I, I hope so. Um, yeah, I I think <clears throat> Gentle and Lowly was a really impactful book for me personally, and I've talked to a few of you who've said something similar. Um, it it pushes us, and by us, I guess I mean people that are tend to more come from the the theological stream and tradition that that many of us at Liberty at least have have been in for some period of time um, to really see the heart of Jesus for Mm. people. Um, So I I thought I thought that book was really helpful. I'm grateful for how different parts of the sermon series really um, came alongside people in the react in the real lives that they're living right now. Mm -hmm. Heard heard a number of recountings of uh, of those kinds of things playing out during the series. Uh, I'll say it was um, it was it was not my favorite in terms of the, the difficulty of hmm. preaching this series. Uh, it was a, um, yeah, it, it felt like more of a, of a labor than maybe the average kind of uh, huh. sermon series that we do. Um, and in some ways, I think, too, it's because you're, you're really entering into, um, you, you want to enter in carefully and sensitively to, to the wounds uh, that people have experienced and the questions and the doubts that they're, that they're wrestling with. Yeah. And this one tends to open up a lot of them. Um, I think I might've said to you and, and Steve at one point, just a, a side conversation, Bob, that um, there were a couple moments in the, in the series that I felt like this might be a series that I would have been better equipped to preach in like <laughs> 20 or 30 more years. Yeah, like yeah. A, just the, the, the more experiential wisdom you gain from life, uh, the more kinds of wrestling and suffering you go through, in your own life and then vicariously in the lives of people that are close to you. I feel yeah. like more and more really maybe hones your ability to, to minister well to people out of that experiential wisdom. Yeah. And so I, I, there were a couple of times that I found myself leaning heavily on um, authors and people that have, that have written that, you know, from their own experiential wisdom as kind of a substitute to say like, man, I, I feel like my experiential wisdom in this, in this realm um, is 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 not particularly robust. Like yeah. it, it's it's lacking in ways that I hope. It's kind of a weird thing to hope. I don't know if I hope. I don't know <laughs> if I hope I, I suffer a ton in order to gain that. But um, but I I guess I trust that over the next several decades I'll I'll gain more of that. Yeah, sure. So sure. yeah, yeah. I think probably when I was younger, I naively thought that uh, God being good to me would equate to a life that was 
like I always lived in Disney World, mm. where the sun was always shining. Yeah. There are no weeds. There are, is no garbage, and yeah. everything's just great yeah. and happy yeah. all the time. And, yeah. and I think I've come to realize that that we we see depth and dimension to the goodness of God in the midst of all sorts of life situations, yeah. um, including, as you covered yesterday, uh, suffering. And for yeah. some of us, uh, suffering is is brief and episodic. Mm-hmm. Uh, for others uh, of us, even folks in our own church, yeah. it's it's how they live on That's a right. day to day basis. Yep. And and so I think uh, hearing you covering those points of how we're invited into a, a special and unique and deep communion with Christ yeah. in and through times of suffering and being able to see His goodness in all sorts of dimensions that mm. that in uh, times of not suffering we would miss yeah. was really helpful. So uh, on that yeah. note, uh, yeah. maybe you could give a, a brief recap sure. of yesterday's sermon and yeah. uh, some of the points you covered and maybe some things that you would have liked to have covered if you had another 45 minutes yeah. or so. Yeah, there, I mean, there is so much there. Um, I thought I thought the, the passage there in Lamentations 3, sure. I mean— it's um if actually to read even the whole chapter if if I had more time that's probably where I would have gone is to to open up a few more verses or, or pull more verses into it um, because it's a real incredible chapter in particular that third chapter the, the whole book uh, it's a hard read I think I mentioned that yesterday I mean it's a really hard read because it it's detailed and graphic in its depiction of the, the the siege of Jerusalem by the Babylonians and its its fall to Babylon. Um, and all the things that play out in the city, particularly starvation and, and, and things like that in Lamentations. So, yeah, but in, in there, and especially in the middle of this book, are these incredible words of hope uh, from this man who has seen affliction, where we get the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, yeah. um, where, we, where we get this idea of that, that the mercies of God are new every morning. Um, so that, that's, that's where I was drawn to this passage. But I, I just saw in there... Um, and, and concluding this series with uh, with the sermon about God's goodness to sufferers um, felt like to honor the way Scripture speaks about suffering and affliction would need to find a passage that also t- pointed to the hope of it. There, there is certainly the moment to just lament yeah. and just to lay your soul bare before God in the in the sorrow and the despair of it, and just say, "This is where I am right now, yeah. God." Um, but it felt like with the conclusion of the series. Um, and being able to weave in and out of some of those, the, the lament aspect of it in earlier sermons that wanted to, to really kind of get to the hope part. So that's where the invitation came from. Yeah. Is to, to, and even how the, the, this author in Lamentations, this afflicted man says it, that he, he has to call it to mind. He has to actually, which is a case for, and maybe if we had more time yesterday, would have opened up that a little bit. Like uh, the, the case for forming yourself deeply in the true story of the world, in the nature and character of God even in the moments and times that you're not maybe experiencing the immensity of suffering yeah. so that you can call it to mind when you are. Yes. I think that would be another really practical application of, yeah. of some of the stuff he says there, but just a quick review. So uh, we mentioned five invitations of suffering. This is by no means comprehensive, but uh, suffering is an invitation to recall the true story of the world. Kind of, kind of disrupts us to the point that we wake up to the counterfeit stories that we've been living in. Yeah. Um, a second invitation—it's an invitation to cleanse your palate. 
And we mm. use the language of taste and that idea of experiencing yes. the goodness of God. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Um, this, this author in Lamentations talks about the wormwood and the gall and the bitterness but actually how the bitterness, um, and, it, and it, once we've tasted the bitter, it actually hones our, our palate um, so that we actually really do know what the sweetness of God's goodness yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that was the second one. Third one, that suffering is an invitation to deeper communion. You mentioned that one, just that there's there really is a, a unique kind of relationship and intimacy and fellowship offered to us with Jesus uh, that only can come by suffering. Um, so there's something that's held out in, in, and trying to clarify there too, not that it changes our objective position with Jesus, not that we become, you know, super Christians when we suffer and kind of Christians when we don't. Um, but that there is subjectively from our own perception of, of being united with Christ. We just, we, we experience that much more of the depth of it yeah. in our suffering. Um, fourth suffering is an invitation to faithfulness that even when, when our suffering is not the direct cause that are, that are, it's not caused by our own sin directly. Like sometimes we, we sin and therefore there's a consequence of our sin and we, we reap the, mm -hmm. the, the consequence of it. Um, other times our suffering is not the direct result of our sin, but regardless of why we're suffering, all suffering exposes sin in us. It exposes sure. ways that we are not conformed to the image of Jesus uh, and therefore is an invitation to, to faithfulness. And then the fifth and last one was suffering is an invitation to see the heart of God. And that's where we get to that end of the, the part of Lamentations 3 that we read um, that talks about how, you know, God does not afflict from the heart or grieve the children of man. That there, there's something about the nature and character of God. There's, there's something that flows more naturally from his heart, which is mercy and compassion. Yeah. He does afflict. He does judge. He does do all of those things. We don't, we don't pretend that that's not part of God's work. But even how Jonathan Edwards had described that, I like his quote, that, yeah. that the judgment is his strange work. Yes. Where he more naturally desires from the depth of his heart um, to show mercy. Yeah. And that's certainly what you see all throughout Gentle and Lowly is uh, Dana Ortland making that point again and again and yeah. again. That, yep. that his heart is for his his children and that's right. uh, love and mercy and grace and, and presence yeah. uh, in the midst of whatever it is that we're going through. Yeah, so that's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So that's, um, that's kind of where we were yesterday. Um, we did get one question. So okay. at some point we'll dive into that. I don't yeah. know if that's a good time to go into it or if you got other. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, you know, in terms of um, cleansing your palate and mm. that point there, I read a, I'd be interested in your take on this. I read a, a post from Tim Chalice a week yeah. or so ago, and he was talking about how much sweeter heaven will be for those who are suffering. You know, heaven is going to be sweet for all of God's children. Yeah. But for those who have, say, never been able to run. Yep. Or have been blind. Yep. And the first time their eyes are open, mm. they see the glory of Christ. Yeah. Will their experience of heaven hmm. um, be something even beyond what the rest of us who have seen, you know, we've been able to see all our lives. Yeah. yeah. We will still marvel when we first see Christ yeah. in his glory in heaven. But for those who've never been able to yeah. see, will their experience be even sweeter? Yeah. And and that when you were talking about cleansing your palate and just how how suffering in this world makes us so hungry yeah. uh, for the glory that awaits us. Yeah. Um, I just wonder if That's you... That's good. 
you had I, any thoughts on that? Yeah, that's really good. I n- nothing particular in scripture comes to mind for me. Um, I think as it as it's about so much of of heaven and what eternity actually will be like experientially, we're not given a ton of right. like the details spelled out there in in scripture. But um, maybe as an extension of this idea that there is a unique kind of fellowship that we experience in our suffering that the apostles rejoiced when they were counted worthy to suffer mm-hmm. like that, like this whole idea subjectively, I think there's something to that point that, yeah. that and I think you're right. I think there's, um, there's something to be said for, um, for how much more there will be a depth of appreciation of that for the people that have, that have known the, the bitter yeah. or, or not, or in that case, and not been able to see, not been able to run. Yeah. I know, um, that book that I was, that I'd read several months ago and have quoted a couple times in this series by Johnny Erickson Tata called a healing place. She references that as yeah. well. Hmm. And even she, she references even the kind of the internal struggle that she has in her life of like, she used to pray a ton for healing. She would pray hmm. that God would, would show up and heal her. Uh, she's quadriplegic for those of you who don't know her story, a diving accident in her late teen years left her quadriplegic and she's never been able to, to walk since. Um, so she prayed for healing for a long time and still will occasionally. She talks about yeah. that, but that her, her prayers have shifted away from, away from healing, not because she doesn't believe God could do that, but she's just praying more that, um, that she would have a deeper desire for heaven, that she would have, you know, and, and fruitful, fruitful work to do while she's here uh, in this life. But, um, yeah, I've, so she referenced that several times in her, in her book. And I imagine for her, that there will be just an incredible sweetness after yeah. having lived a, a many, many decades of immense suffering um, to be finally given a new resurrection, resurrected, perfect, glorified yeah. body and be yeah. able to use it in all of its functionality that God designed it for. Yeah. Um, will just be an incredible subjective, you know, sweetness for sure. Her. Yeah. Sure. The other thing that I thought of uh, in, in reflecting on your sermon and just comparing it to my own, a uh, few brief experiences of suffering mm-hmm. is in those circumstances, rather than saying, as as uh, we read here in verse 23 of chapter 3, great is your faithfulness, mm-hmm. yeah. more often my my response has been, where is your faithfulness? Uh, yeah. and, and just feeling that times of suffering... Yeah are times where God has turned his back on me. And, mm. and, and so really your sermon yesterday was really helpful in terms of, of uh, thinking, re-gearing my thoughts more along those lines. Mm. Because, you know, I, I'd love to think that my suffering is in the past. Yeah. It likely isn't. Sure, um, sure. There may be times of suffering ahead. Uh, so just to begin to think about how I can prepare my heart and mind for those times so that in the midst of that suffering, yeah. I can, I can say great is your faithfulness. And I, I think something you just mentioned briefly a moment ago, I really do think these times when we're not suffering hmm. are really opportunities for us to dive deep into God's word, yeah. Yeah. Uh, try to form and shape our hearts and minds or allow the spirit to do that yeah. so that we're prepared for those times. Yeah. We don't know when they will come. Yeah. And when you're in the midst of it, it's really hard to say, oh, I better uh, recalibrate here and figure out, you know, yeah, get get my relationship with God back to where it was should have been. Yeah. It's much better to go into those times of suffering yep. 
with a, a strong relationship with God, spending time in his word every day, praying, yeah. being in fellowship with his people, um, then when those times come, I think you're in much more of a position to be able to say, great is your faithfulness, yeah. God, even yeah. in the midst of that. Yep, that's good. And that we've, you know, there's that lyric of the song that we've sung a couple times here. You know, I have lived in the goodness of God. Yeah. Like I, yeah, yeah. When, and you really try to soak in all of that when it's easy to see and acknowledge that it's God yeah. who's, who's affording you that goodness so that, so that in the moments when you're, when you're looking for the goodness and struggling to see it, leaning on the trust that it is there like this like this afflicted man in lamentations three saying great is thy faithfulness great is your faithfulness we're he's he's clearly drawing upon a depth a richness and depth of of his own uh feasting and tasting of that in his life before this yeah. moment uh yeah. before this moment when when jerusalem is falling that's and what you're saying there too is a great segue even to where we'll where we'll go in the next 10 or so weeks in our sermon series on the rhythms of grace yes and this whole idea of what does it look like to be formed in the true story of the world, to be, um, to, to really, to really drink deeply in all of the different ways we're called to as Christians, both from in our, in our own relationship with God, the kind of worship, uh, idea that in our relationships with each other as Christians, the community, as well as then formed in pe- being people of mercy yes. that, that take the story of the gospel of Jesus to, to others, um, to our neighbors. Yeah. So that's, um, that's even a great little little segue plug to where we're uh, where we're going there next. There you go. Well done. Yeah. Well uh, done. Very good. How about that? <laughs> that that's why I'm here. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. The shock jock Bob Carmella <laughs> strikes again. You just need like a sound effect thing to to hit in that moment when they, yeah, yeah. yeah. We need. Uh, I can't remember what. There's a term for that person, not the sound effects. Oh there's yeah, other, like a producer. Yeah, or like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's probably some other term for yeah. it there, but yeah. So. Well, like you mentioned, we did get one question. Yeah. Uh, really good question. I Gosh, think oftentimes yeah. when we think of suffering, uh, we naturally go to uh, external kinds of influences that bring suffering upon yeah. us. This question uh, takes a little different slant at that, and I think it's really helpful. Yeah. So the uh, question goes, hey, Pastor Matt, wanted to pose a question for B-side if it's not too late. What is your working definition of suffering? Does suffering include the frustration of unwanted sins, thoughts, and desires, or is it more so external circumstances, such as a bad injury or, as we read yesterday, the destruction of Jerusalem? And then the uh, person goes on with the question, I'm, I'm thinking through how I frame my struggle with sexuality. I tend to view it as a huge affliction in my life. It certainly brought me closer to the Lord and revealed a lot of areas that I need to grow in with envy, my desire to maintain a false image of myself. Uh, But by no means have I suffered a whole lot externally because of it. The Lord has richly blessed me in a gazillion ways. More so, it's this constant frustration of not being able to control my mind and wishing my sexuality was different. So, uh, great question, great insight. Wow. Uh, I think there's a lot there that we can discuss Initial thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I just, I first want to just say, I really appreciate the thoughtfulness of the question yes. and the vulnerability of oh, the question. Yes. Um, and I mean, just the incredible timeliness and relevance of questions like this too, um, to just, to, to, to just really honestly lay it out there. Like, Hey, this is where I feel affliction and suffering in, in, in my life. This person is saying, um, which isn't maybe 
necessarily categorized as suffering broadly by other people. So, so the question, I guess, really is, is kind of encapsulated there and like, what, what is the working definition of, of suffering? Yes. And does it include these uh, less external, less observable kind of internal type things? Mm-hmm. And I would say in short answer, it absolutely includes those kinds of things. Um, so where my mind goes uh, biblically uh, in, in an- thinking through the answer to that question uh, some of the Psalms that talk about how um, the psalmist will say things like, my heart is in anguish within me. Uh, Psalm 55 is one of those places, and there's a, there's a handful of others. Um, that this deep internal anguish, this deep toil and labor from, uh, it could be things happening outside, it could be things happening inside, but the anguish itself is a, is a form of suffering. Yeah. Um, so my, my mind went to some of those places in the Psalms. Um, even the Psalm we, we, uh, read yesterday for our scripture reading in our words of encouragement, Psalm 103 talks about how God knows our frame and remembers that we are dust, that there's actually something about our frame being, being weak and, and broken people, yeah. uh, formed from the dust of the earth and returning to the dust of the earth as a, you know, as a result of, of the fall, um, that there's going to be aspects of that that are both internal and external. Um, I think of Jesus in the garden before he suffered externally. Yes. He was in deep anguish yeah. internally uh, in the garden. Um, I thought of um, Paul, the Apostle Paul, particularly in 2 Corinthians 11. And in 2 Corinthians 11, uh, it's that it's that kind of famous passage where Paul's kind of rattling off his like uh, resume of suffering. You know, uh, uh, five times the uh, he received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes minus one, three times beaten with rods, stoned one, shipwrecked three times, all these different external dangers and sufferings. And then you get down to verse 28 of 2 Corinthians 11, and he says, and apart from other things, there's the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Hmm. So internal toil, wrestling, struggling. And I would say that's a form of suffering that, that if he were not, um, actively trying to faithfully follow Jesus in his life, he would be, he would not have that daily anxiety and the burden of suffering. Yeah. He would not yeah. be feeling the weight of trying to, to help these other Christians yeah. in, in these other churches. And then you mentioned one other one, Bob, that I thought was really relevant too. Yeah. So I, I was thinking of Romans seven and mm. where Paul is talking about, um, his, his ongoing struggle with the flesh and ongoing struggle with the sin. He's, yep. you know, saying, I don't understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Yeah. And he goes on and on talking about that wrestling he has between what he wants to do and what he actually does. Yep. And and finally gets to the point, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Yep. And of course, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. But that ongoing wrestling with sin that Paul talks about there, that he suffered. You, you read suffering through that passage. Um, and I, so I think absolutely that suffering isn't just external circumstances that God brings into our life, but it's, it's that day to day struggle against sin. That, that's suffering. Yep. Yeah. That's right. So, so as a working definition, um, yeah, and we, we definitely focused more, I focused more yesterday on the external aspects of suffering for sure. But I think a working definition to, to round it out in response to this question would be really suffering would kind of include any place where we are, where we are brought low and, and forced to feel our weakness, our frailty, our sinfulness or the effects of sin on us. I think it's, I think it's that broad. Um, I think it's, I think it's helpful to acknowledge that there is a range of, of that and, 
and even what what this person is is asking in this question, um, my goodness. So it resonates with me in terms of um, the, just the broader kind of category of sexuality uh, as someone who has wrestled deeply with sexual sin and the struggle against that that sin pattern in my life over and over again over the years and having to constantly be attentive to that and aware of that. Um, someone that is experiencing um, sexual desires in a same-sex direction, same-sex orientation, I would say in within that range, they are going to suffer far more than, than I will because, and it leads me to have compassion for people yes. um, that experience that, which is a very real thing that people experience. It leads me to have compassion because um, that for me as a, as a, as a man with heterosexual desires and married to a woman, there is a, an outlet that God says is, is, you know, is God glorifying and honoring and part of his design and, and is redeemed through mm-hmm. the work of Jesus. For someone with same-sex attraction, um, there's not that redeemed, uh, God-glorifying outlet to express that externally. Right. And so I would say I suffer with sexual sin. I wrestle against it. Um, but I would, I would, I would look at someone that has same-sex attraction and say, they suffer more because of the cost that they're paying in the yeah. aspect of their life. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, that's of course, this is one aspect of our, of our lives. So we have, um, we all have probably different depths of suffering and different aspects of, of life. And some of us just, um, you know, in, in the providence and sovereignty of God suffer very immensely in, in one realm of life. And some of us suffer relatively little in yeah. that realm of life. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. I, I really appreciate the question and the vulnerability, like you said, and, and, uh, you know, the hope is we, you know, we, we, uh, live, speak and serve as the presence of Christ that we can enjoy the freedom of the gospel. That, yeah. That there is, is freedom. And, and part of that freedom is even freedom to lean on brothers and sisters, That's right. uh, as we try to struggle with sin and struggle against the flesh. And, yeah. And, um, yeah. So, uh, really appreciate the question. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that'd be even a good, um, you know, a good segue into your Bible study groups this week. Of course, you know, you're wrapping up gentle and lowly. Uh, we're wrapping up this series. So there, there could be any number of things that you would want to delve into with that time. Um, but uh, to as much as you feel like you're able to in that setting to um, to share with each other different ways that you have experienced suffering. And if you have been able to perceive some of these invitations that are held out to you. Yeah. Uh, in those places that you've suffered, um, I think that could that could kind of take what yesterday's sermon was was trying to do and actually bring it down into reality a little bit more for each of us and, and flesh it out practically, uh, application wise in our in our Bible study groups um, to be able to share ways that we have or are suffering um, and to and how we are or or are not perceiving those invitations um, in the moment. Yeah. And, and so for some of us, that could be physical afflictions that we've experienced. Yeah. Some of it could be um, even uh, internal wrestlings with yeah. sin that yeah. we have uh, been fighting for years and years and years. Yeah. Um, could be situations of job loss. Could be situations of broken relationships, maybe even because of yeah. matters of faith. Yeah. So yeah. all of those could be uh, ripe areas to, to go deeper in your Bible studies to yeah. talk about ways in which you've You've suffered, uh, but ways in which you've experienced some of these invitations. And yeah. you may not experience all of these every time, but sure. there might be one or two in particular that 
that have been uh, meaningful to you as you've gone through times of suffering. Yeah. Yeah, and if and if all that fails, you can just start taking cheap shots at the suburbs. Like I well, did. yeah. It, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, we live in Midtown Mechanicsburg, so I don't know what you're talking about about the suburbs. I mean, I live in the suburbs. I'm taking shots at myself there too. I, uh, it's the the pot calling the kettle black, but it's yeah, it's um, yeah. I uh, I actually kind of expected that I might get a couple questions or pushback or something yeah. on that. I I didn't. So yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe that actually was like a. <laughs> A Holy Spirit given word that people are just like, hmm, I needed to hear that. So I yeah. praise God if that's the case. But uh, yeah, thought that probably might have a little more uh, yeah. discussion on that front, but it's yeah. good. Maybe people just didn't know where to begin. That's right. That's right. <laughs> they're all moving. They're all, their houses are all in the that's market right. today. They're, 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 they're thoroughly convinced. So here we go. Uh, well, really good to, uh, to be with you today, Bob, and with you, all the folks listening in, and uh, blessings to you all as you have your Bible study groups and wrap up Gentle and Lowly. Uh, really looking forward to this next series in, uh, in the Rhythms of Grace, so we'll, uh, we'll kick that off this coming Sunday. And, are, are we um, doing these over the summer? I, I forgot to ask. I think so. I should know that. You know what? That's a good question. <laughs> Where's Steve when you need him? Let's call him up. Let's, 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 get it. let's interrupt his vacation. He needs to answer this right now. Uh, I think I think we are. Yeah, that would be good. I, I think with that series and I with rhythms of grace, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a kind of a staple thing for us at at Liberty that yeah. we um, we want to we want to talk about often and always. So um, maybe you know batting it around a little on yeah. the side would be good. That'd be fun. Yeah. Well, good being with you guys this week, and uh, take care. We'll we'll see you again next time. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Sermon B Side podcast. For more resources and information about our church, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's Liberty with an I, Harrisburg.org.